0: Hello and welcome to Cloud Insiders, a podcast that brings cloud down to earth. Hello and welcome to Cloud Insiders by Extrovert. Today I'm joined by James Kilby, Senior Consultant at Extrovert and Aveem Vanguard. Hello there, James. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much for joining us. If we just jump right in today, we're talking about data backup and protection. Modern organizations are dealing with huge amounts of information and critical data. They need to ensure it's always available and always well managed. So James, how important is data backup and protection?
1: So Veeam have got an interesting spin on this, and it's one that I quite like. And I'm going to jump in. Veeam wouldn't describe themselves as a data backup company. They're a data availability company. So lots of companies will tell you they can back your data up and it's all good but if you actually look at the industry statistics there's still a significant percentage of backups fail to restore for one reason or another Mm -hmm. Uh, and Veeam have sort of nailed the backup piece but they've also given you some of the tools to ensure that in the event that you do need it you can be confident that you can restore your data so the, the the primary sort of piece of technology on that is something called sure backup which is where Veeam can Instantiate a isolated network and restore your servers into that isolated network and perform a number of automated tests against them and give you a nice little report. And it's a great way of ensuring that if you do need your data, that it can be available. That's a big win for me.
0: So it's with that short backup, it's essentially you not only got a backup, but intermittently it checks that you'd be able to restore it at a moment's notice.
1: Exactly, yeah. So you you can schedule that job so that it happens periodically, or you can tag it so that it happens after every backup, if you so wish. You can also, using that same technology, some larger customers will have a dedicated DR environment. They can um, use the same technology with Sure Replica to fire up the DR environment, and again, check it in a similar sort of way. So there are a number of automated tests built into that for checking things like Active Directory, uh, DNS. I think it's got some Exchange checks. It's definitely got some SQL checks. Or you can write some of your own tools. The other beauty of that technology is because it's taking your production environment and restoring it in an isolated way, you can actually use it for testing. So the first time I ever used that from a Veeam environment was when I was asked to look at a Microsoft Dynamics environment there was a a customer that wanted to do some upgrades and what we actually did is we used the the Veeam backups They were already a Veeam customer. We created these shore backup jobs And then we actually ran through the upgrade process across all of the servers within this isolated shore backup environment Before we did it in production and that allowed us to to use that backup data Gain value from it. We could show the customer the exact steps that we were going to do and it was using the the previous night's backup, so we tweaked that process, we we worked out exactly what to do, in which order, and then we could prove to the customer that we could do it using their servers, their data, all ahead of touching their live systems.
0: I mean, yeah, that just sounds, yeah, absolutely absolutely amazing. I mean, even in my limited capacity with databases and having to um, back things up and restore them, nothing ever works when you want it to. (laughs) <laughs> so be yeah. it, having having that yeah having that knowledge that you just click away and it's done, that's invaluable.
1: Yeah, it is. It's one of my favourite and probably the least well or least well marketed parts of the Veeam infrastructure, if you ask me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we've covered off that it's mega important to keep your information backed up. But is it always fires and floods and attacks by bears, or is it often just something more mundane?
1: It, 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 it can be mundane. I mean, like you say, you, you've you covered off some of the, the, the headline issues, and, and, and sometimes they do have to be covered. I mean, we've had Hurricane Sandy and other issues. Luckily, in the U.K., we don't get a lot of hurricanes. But I have seen a U.K. data center go reasonably underwater. Power issues can also be a big thing. And, and all of these things are hard to protect against. I've seen a, a very well-built data center with UPS, with generator, properly built, be affected. This was a uh, one based in Manchester that where some builders put a, managed to put a giant digger through some of the mains input cables.
0: Wow. But
1: they didn't actually cut the cable. They kind of shorted across it. And the generators spun up, as they were supposed to do. But because the mains input hadn't been properly cut, the generators are designed to sync with the mains input, which they couldn't do. And they tried to do this for a couple of minutes until the batteries ran out on the UPS. So what should have been a a very well-built data center did go offline. And they they had massive issues recovering from that. But at at the same time, you do get the human factor. Um, We all know change control. We, we know what it's there to to protect against. But, uh, s- still mistakes happen. Um, sometimes things don't work in the way that they, uh, people intended. Sometimes something that should have happened in dev happened in prod. Sometimes it was all approved correctly, the, all the commands were right, and there was a typo. You also have um, automated systems, so Chef or Puppet, where something has not been correctly input to them. and, and They'll go and break multiple systems. They're not as exciting, um, but, but all of these things you, you need to have a, a way of protecting yourself and a way of recovering. So, that's one of the, having good backups is, is the easiest and most efficient way of doing that, typically.
0: Yeah. So, why should data backup and protection, or data availability, as I should be referring to it, why should this be high up on an organization's agenda?
1: I think the easy answer is that it doesn't matter what industry you're now working in. You have a significant reliance on IT. It doesn't matter what you do, whether you be transport or manufacturing or even farming. A friend of mine worked at a strawberry farm in their IT support department. It was a hugely complex organization. And the reason for that is all of their markets, the the suppliers, and the the large retail organizations, the Tesco and the Asda's, they wanted that end-to-end traceability of exactly what they were buying from, quality-based, and they wanted that audit trail. So this particular farm, through their data, could tell you which person picked it, the strawberries came from what section of the farm, even down to the individual field. So you've got all these industries, they're generating data at a level like never before so there's huge amounts of data being generated and it's not always in the traditional this is in the database or whatever big data is becoming more of a thing a lot of unstructured data and businesses are having a challenge in organizing that data making sure that it's available to the people that need it obviously retaining data there is a cost in doing so um, and then you've also got the things like data legislation becoming a factor. Yeah. So GDPR being one of them, the right to be forgotten. How do you handle somebody giving you a request like that within your production data, but also across your backup data? So data organisation is becoming a, a massive thing. Uh, obviously, Beam sort of specialized in the backup side of things, and and they are starting to take these things into account. So they have various technologies built in to their products for dealing with the obviously the immediate backup restore the the generic what everybody does but also how do you handle the, the longer term retention so different companies handle that in different ways some just back everything up over a very short period of time Some back just their critical servers up and others, they're not so bothered. Some will back everything up for a short period of time and then filter down. So it's a a smaller subset for the data that's kept around longer. Typically, financial organizations are keeping data for at least seven years. And going back to sort of the amount of data that they're generating from all those locations, the data growth is exploding. So, one of the technologies that Veeam recently released, which I was waiting for uh, as, as as a customer before Extrovert, was the integration with um, AWS S3. Oh. So, you can have your your backups stored on prem for your day to day, your ease of restore things. And then, the older backups, as they age out, you, Veeam can now automatically push that into AWS S3 buckets or as your blob. So, it's a nice, easy way of handling those much larger data challenges or backup data challenges yeah
0: so you mentioned gdpr and data legislation how can you deal with mm-hmm. that when you're dealing with dr
1: so regulations um kick in a number of places so gdpr obviously is the one that had the headlines predominantly last year so Veeam have got a an interesting way of dealing with this um so i've mentioned uh, right to be forgotten One of the ways that Veeam can handle that is, obviously, if if somebody does want to be forgotten, you need to remove that data entry or the the various bits of data from your systems. Um, Veeam have a way of doing a stage restore, so you can do um, a a restore into a location, remove the data that's required, and then restore back into production.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned that you can very easily move things around to AWS, and um, I think you mentioned Azure as well. Um, In the era of like multi-cloud and hybrid cloud, how easy mm-hmm. is it to keep all your data in one place, backed up, You know, when you're trying to claw it from all across the internet?
1: That's an interesting question. I'm not sure it kind of makes sense whether keeping it all in a single place, possibly a single tool set. I, I asked this question with some of the vanguards and nobody could come up with an answer, but one of the statements that Veeam pioneered, I asked whether it was Veeam that actually came up with it or whether they've just embraced it. The beam have a, a generic rule that they call the 3 one rule. And what that means is they want three copies of your data on two different medium mm-hmm. or media. So that might be your disk-based and a tape-based mechanism with one of them off-site. So what Beam have introduced in the toolset, so they came from very much a hypervisor-based backup tool. So they originally only supported the, the VMware ecosystem. Yeah. That was the uh, that was where they came from. That's the sort of longest-serving source of production data. They then introduced Hyper-V at a later date. I think next they then started supporting physical servers, so uh, a Windows and Linux-based system. Around last year, they introduced Nutanix uh, Acropolis hypervisor as a a source. And they've also introduced Amazon EC2 and AWS as sources. So potentially having one tool that manages all of your data, Veeam would argue they've got a, a solution to that, because they've got the major hypervisors, the major operating systems, the major clouds covered. And they also handle um, Office 365 data, so your typical email or SharePoint, Microsoft technologies. So most enterprises, it doesn't matter what your production is, Veeam probably got an answer for backing it up.
0: Brilliant. So yeah, modern era, well and truly ticked off. That's what we like to hear. There are a number of vendors and tools available in the marketplace. As an expert in Veeam and a Veeam Vanguard, what do they offer for organisations?
1: So... There are a number of tools, and they all have pros and cons. They all do things slightly differently. I think Beam have probably got the best overall product at the moment. They handle, as I alluded to, all of the major operating systems and hypervisors in a, a fairly easy to deploy, easy to manage, uh, easy to scale way. There are some specialist tools on the market for potentially DR, so um, VMware's SRM being one of them, Zerto being another. There are also other backup tools, but I would say Veeam is the most complete product at the moment in this space.
0: Okay, so it's really that it offers the most bang for buck, essentially.
1: Yeah, I mean, so they do offer coverage of almost all of the major products in the market. I think probably the only one that you could argue they don't support is is gcp google's cloud Mm -hmm. but i think if you look at their traditional customer base um, enterprise or large businesses they probably wouldn't have a huge uptick if they added that into the mix
0: do you reckon that'll Um, change with the introduction of anthos or do you reckon that's a bit too early to tell
1: so so that's also an interesting one so as a whole industry is looking more at container-based systems. The, the question of data management for containers is, is, is quite a good one, and I'm not sure it's a solved thing. Um, I'm okay. by no means a container expert, but I think most of the general advice at the moment is that containers are effectively stateless. If you have a database or another server of some function, you need to keep the Persistent data outside of that, whether that be on a NAS or some other way. And Veeam kind of do have an answer for that. If it's a sort of fire level backup, that can be done or, or that, that's soon to be released. But the, the container industry or the, uh, it's moving so fast that uh, it's certainly not a solved solution at the moment.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Fantastic. Um, so you're a Veeam Vanguard and you've been one for a few mm-hmm. years now?
1: Uh, Yes, Uh, I think this is my third year of being a Veeam Vanguard.
0: You're in your third year, so I'm guessing you're enjoying it. What kind of benefits do you find that you get being one of these? How does it um, help you in your day-to-day?
1: Sure, so I've been a a member of a number of sort of industry advocacy programs. Um, uh, The MYV expert is the longest-running one. I was also a Nutanix NTC for a year. Um, Veeam Vanguard's quite different. Um, It's a very, very small community run from... Uh, one of the Veeam sort of technical marketing departments. The the person that started it or the, the person within Veeam that wanted it, it took a, a very interesting tack on it. His argument was always, if I don't know the, the names of the people, the program's got too big. So it's kept at very, very small scale. We get regular feedback from Veeam themselves as to sort of the direction we're going there's a, a good community of very friendly people that you can bounce ideas off, whether that be problems or design sort of options, I suppose, design review maybe. Yeah. And, and that doesn't have to be in the Veeam world, but that's where it tends to sit around. It, it's Veeam or virtualization specific generally, but a very friendly bunch. But the, the, the really interesting thing that I think sets it apart is the access that we've had into Veeam's R&D so last year, we were actually all sent out to Prague, which is one of their major R&D offices, and we actually sat with some of the development team or, or some of the, the leaders, and they showed us some of their products that in some cases were a significant amount of time out from being announced, even internally within Beam, which is a, a, quite a weird place to be.
0: Yeah, But they
1: were potentially talking about design criteria or options or potentially we we have enough development time to do one of these options what do you think would be the best and they give us input I mean they don't always listen to us but we give them sort of real world feedback of what our pain points are or potentially if they're bringing a new feature how something we would like it to work or how if it was designed like this it would solve a problem we've got and and there's a lot of experience within the sort of vanguard community of of people running things in different ways so I used to work at a service provider that offered Veeam and then there were some from some very large organizations that are doing some really innovative stuff with it but also there were some very very small users that didn't have a big estate to talk about but they were very passionate about Veeam they were interested in the direction it's going and, and everybody had an input into things and it was all taken on board yeah Um, you don't seem to get such a close alignment with the larger programs.
0: So that's cool. I mean, basically, it's still a small community and you get lots of internal spoilers. I mean, by a things, you know more than some of the Beam guys, which is, uh, that's got to be a nice feeling.
1: So I'm not sure on the exact timings, but in some cases, I think we had information 12 months ahead of some Beam staff.
0: Wow. (laughs) As a scheme goes, that's pretty impressive stuff.
1: Yeah. So so what we saw was design mock-ups. There's no real working code or working software, but this was pie in the sky, what they were looking to do right on the edge of their sort of development roadmap. Yeah. Um, As I say, I I believe that's quite unique. I'm not familiar with a program that gives you that sort of, well, both trust and sort of insight into where they're going.
0: Yeah. So evidently you'd recommend people to the um, Veeam Vanguard scheme. How would, how would someone go about becoming a Veeam Vanguard?
1: So I would say there is a reasonably high barrier to entry. But basically, it's be passionate about Veeam. The way that I got entry is I, I was a founding member of the Veeam user group in the UK. Some people have presented on sort of Veeam deployments or things like that. Other people's blog about it. Some people have written some code, whether that be PowerShell or some API stuff. I know a couple of people that have done sort of blogs on data analysis. So, one of the recent UK Veeam Vanguards took all of the different backup settings that exist within Veeam when you're backing up a VMware estate and took a production set of data, a live set of VMs, and then backed it up multiple different times so that it was the exact same source, which was a real world source. It wasn't fake and then looked at all the different storage technologies at the back end and analyzed the performance ingestion into the backup platform but then also how the different storage efficiency mechanisms worked whether that be compression or deduplication and he he, he did a big analysis piece on that and that was one of the pieces of work that he used to become a vanguard this year
0: awesome so it's karma based almost you know <laughs> you do nice things and you uh... exactly you get in.
1: So he, he kind of wanted this data because he's sizing some pretty big V estates for some large customers. So it was useful for him, but he just took it that sort of extra step and sort of published the real world data. And he came and did a talk about it at the V Music Group, which was brilliant.
0: Amazing. So is there anything that I've missed out? Is there anything where I interrupted you and you had some, something more to say? I don't think um... <laughs> Well, oh, thank you very much. Um, if anyone had any questions around data backup, disaster recovery, or is maybe interested in becoming a Veeam Vanguard, um, would they be able to reach out to you? And if so, how would they do that?
1: Absolutely. Um, probably the best way to find me is on Twitter. I'm at James Kilby Net.
0: At James Kilby Net. Thanks very much. <laughs> that was absolutely great. No
1: problem.
0: Thanks for having me. Thanks very much. Catch you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cloud Insiders. To find out more and to listen to additional episodes, go to cloudinsiders.fm. You can follow us on Twitter at Cloud Insiders and subscribe on iTunes. Catch you next time.